0: Have you checked out the Shipping Pod podcast? Well, you're going to learn all about it from Tim in episode 48. So go and check it out. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep the orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and dropship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. To get your free assessment, visit them at icecorplogistics.com and check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you.
1: This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices changes in the industry and hot topics in supply chain we answer all your questions and put sexy into supply chain we are your hosts sarah and nick
0: Welcome back, to Babes listeners. We hope that wherever you are in the world, you are having an amazing day. Thank you all for your reviews and subscriptions to our show. We would not be able to come to you with a new episode without you and our sponsors. Today, we have the co-founders of Scout RFP, the best intuitive cloud-based software that helps procurement professionals source fast and make a bigger and better business impact. Stan Garber is a co-founder and president of Scout RFP. He was a co-founder of Onosis, where he led business development and financial functions before the company was acquired by Living Social in 2012. Stan graduated from Case Western Reserve University, where he studied finance and management. Alex Yakubovich is a co-founder and CEO of Scout RFP. Prior to Scout, he was a co-founder of Onosis, which was acquired by Living Social in 2012. At Onosys, he led the operations team and helped the company become one of the largest online ordering providers in the country. Alex attended Case Western Reserve University, where he studied mechanical engineering. Well, welcome to the show, guys. We are so excited to chat with you today about how you are disrupting the sourcing space.
2: Welcome. Thank you for having us, Sarah. And
0: so why don't you tell us a little bit about Scout RFP?
2: Yeah, and um, when you sort of described it at the end, and, and really the story, the story with Scout actually comes from the Alex and myself's background in a previous company. And we ourselves aren't natural practitioners in, in procurement and supply chain ourselves. Uh, but the whole idea with Scout came about uh, in our previous company, Onesys. We, we happened to do, uh, when we built it up uh, with working with a lot of restaurant chains, We happened to fill out a lot of RFPs and go through the formal bid process, working with procurement and sort of buying the technology for these restaurant groups. And what happened was from basically 2008 to 2012, uh, we sort of always joked that one thing that we hated more than the RFP itself was actually not being invited to an RFP or or part of the formal bid process. And uh, when we did go through it, a lot of the time it was mainly email, Excel, Word. We saw a lot of inefficiencies. There were several occasions. I remember one, one of our one of our biggest restaurant customers took five years to win that piece of business, and they, uh, they issued four different RFPs in it, and at literally at four different project managers over four years, and they asked us for old copies of it twice. Wow. Um, so we sort of looked at the space when it came to actually the technology and the efficiencies of the software being used in, in day-to-day procurement um, and sourcing was, was, was very manual. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of tools in place when we were building the last company. And so what we did is, after the acquisition, Alex myself, a few other folks went out uh, went out to the marketplace and just started talking to end users, talking to heads of procurement, VPs of sourcing, just finance groups but to understand, like, how those was <laughs> being used, biggest problems, and what we found out. We interviewed about 300 different companies. We found out a vast majority of the world, when it comes to using software and tools, um, they, they basically mainly relied, email, Excel and in word 80 plus percent, but the ones that hit, hit up the tools, the, the SAPs, the Oracles, and Taurus, other applications that have been in the marketplace for a decade plus and others, um, they just weren't getting wide adoption. Uh, they, they really became shopware in a lot of ways. People would work around those tools. They weren't actively using them. Uh, and when new teams came on board, no one ever took the time to invest to actually show them how to use the tool. So really this whole process of RFPing supplier managed like a lot of these little things that you think uh, would, be, would be automated today. And a lot of companies were email, Excel, and Word, uh, and mainly email. And what we found when we, we, we sort of looked at the whole vertical stack of enterprise software, from marketing to HR to finance to um, every aspect, there's been a new wave of technology that's really been uh, put in place over the last five, six years to automate it as much as possible. And procurement is just one that when, when we really looked at it, specifically on the strategic sourcing side, there wasn't a whole lot of new, really easy-to-use software. So the whole idea with Scout was build a beautiful, easy-to-use interface, because of consumer-facing UI. That was our background. Uh, If you couldn't order a pizza within a few clicks, you wouldn't have the consumer. No different than you you should be able to ask 100 questions and develop that and have suppliers fill it out in a tool really, really quickly. So that was the idea of Scout. Um, So Scout was really designed to be a really simple application to do sourcing supplier management, contract, your pipeline, category management, all those aspects in just one centralized source.
1: Excellent. Um, So the next question is, what are some of the big brands you have worked with in the past? I know off air you kind of mentioned uh, Boston Pizza and stuff. Is there any other big brands that you guys have worked with?
3: Yeah, definitely. So uh, some of our our bigger customers are Owens Corning, Salesforce, uh, Intuit. Biogen, uh, Zappos, Zebra Technologies. Um, we actually work with, with over 92 uh, large, large enterprises. Well, actually quite a bit more than now. Um, but, but yeah, we, we work with, uh, with, with dozens and dozens of large enterprises. We, we only work with, with larger enterprises and don't really focus too much on, on anything else.
0: That's awesome. I don't know if you can talk about it, but how was it like working with Zappos? I hear they're uh, quite a forward-thinking and innovative company.
3: Yeah, and a great leadership team there as well um, on the the procurement side. So we we really enjoyed our partnership with them very much so. And uh, as you know, Zappos is, is part of Amazon and and DEFOS itself as, a, as an organization is, is very, like you said, innovative and forward-thinking, um, both from their, their organizational structure and also the way that they, they look at technology and look at supply chain and, and everything along those lines. So it's been uh, been a, a great, great relationship.
2: It's early on in that one.
3: They, they just started implementing scouts. They're
2: sort of going through their journey of putting in tools in place for the P2P and sourcing. Um, and we, just, we actually just got put into place about a, about a quarter ago. So they're just rolling out the tool from sourcing automation as well as uh, pipeline management. Um, so it's a little bit early in their case, uh, but I can definitely talk to some other accounts.
1: Can you, can you give us some examples of how you've worked with some other of those accounts?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one great example is VSP, uh, the eyeglass vision insurance uh, company here in the States. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're they, they're in, in Canada as well. Uh, but what, when, when Alex and I had a chance to meet with Greg Tennyson, their, uh, their Chief Procurement Officer, at the time they had, uh, they had a bunch of different tools, a lot of SJP, I think so. I think during the conversation they said they actually had two different sourcing technologies, one on-prem, one in the cloud. Nobody even knew how to get into them. Um, they, just, they were paying for them, but no one was using any of those tools at the time.
1: Wow. And
2: their team was mainly using email Excel and Word to actually do the bidding process itself. Uh, and what we sort of step one for them was actually put in a tool in place so when they were going out and doing formal bids, reviews, everything with stakeholders was done in one place. So that was day one of Scout. Uh, so we put in just the sourcing application. We got their team standardized. I think it went from just a few folks using it to a team of 12 to 15 started using it pretty quickly. And from there, uh, what happened was the next evolution of that was actually engaging the stakeholders and the business partners. So a lot of the procurement and sourcing teams, are often thought of as consultants within the company because they're going out working with every business unit uh, to actually help them from pur- purchasing, negotiations, review of contracts, anything like that. So what we did is we actually put in a tool in place called Pipeline, which allowed the entire team to see visibility on, will allow Greg to see what everybody's working on the sourcing team, but then also allowed the individual category managers to have a place to actually communicate with all their business stakeholders for projects, activities, how many events do we have going on right now? What's the upcoming contract do we ever renew? What are savings are tracking for the quarter? What are savings? Are on, are they on target for the year? As, as a lot of these companies have, uh, from a CPO role, you're looking at well, how much how much savings did I have or how much savings did I, did I create, hard line, soft, uh, and what this does, it allows them to put it all in one place.
0: Yeah, how much time are you saving these companies? I mean, you're talking about going from... Email, Word documents, and Excel to more of a platform platform based system. So, like, t- yeah, do you know how much time you're saving them?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it varies quite a bit. Um, I could tell you, like, we had one incredibly large software company. Uh, in some of these cases, it's astronomical because you're going from a reverse auction where they haven't bid out, let's say, a hardware uh, laptops for their for for the company in years, and they did a quick reverse auction and scout. Uh, they literally put it out, uh, they were trying to get a 2% savings. They ended up with a 10% savings over, over the course of a few hours, and which resulted in almost $5 million in just hard savings, right away.
0: Wow, that's $1 million an hour.
2: Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty insane. And then, we,
3: uh,
2: and then we had another software group, also a fairly large group, uh, they actually did 10 reverse auctions in the course of uh, a day. And I believe their end result was, they, there's prep work in advance, but uh, by doing that event on literally Friday, by the end of the day business on Friday, they had saved $15 million.
0: Wow. And that's just within, what, an eight-hour workday?
2: Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of prep just to get everybody on board, suppliers, everybody. But like the power of it, once you actually start putting... And the big thing is it's just really simple to use. Like once you actually get suppliers into it, they know how it works. They understand the process. They can jump in, start doing the reverse auction uh, and putting this all. And then you can start logging all of that savings in one place. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because that's almost $2 million an hour. <laughs> Interesting. In their case. <laughs> so then well, um, I'm just going to go off topic for a minute. Well, not really, but I'm just going to ask you, like, are you a SaaS-based? Like do you... Charge on a monthly basis, or is it a, like, sort of like an annual, or, or is it per project base? How do you how do you charge your customer?
3: Yeah, it's a we're a classic SaaS model, so it's, it's an annual contract license, depending on what you need. And what, a lot of it's driven by users and what modules. But it's uh, it's all you can eat, so we don't put a, li-
2: a limit on number of events and how many things you want to run, because we want you to we want Scout to become the workbench of your sourcing team, so we want high utilization of the tool. So, we don't, we don't want to penalize you for doing a lot in the tool.
0: Interesting. Yeah, no nickel and can you, can you give us a range of what that would look like?
3: Uh, our our average, well, so, I, I mean, the, the range would be anywhere uh, from, like, right around $50,000 uh, to, uh, well, into the six figures.
0: Well, I would imagine yeah. if, you, if you guys are saving them $2 million an hour,
3: yeah,
0: that's a that's a pretty good deal.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the and to your point, I mean, we of course, selling into procurement, the the biggest thing is really what kind of value can we provide, and so we spend a lot of time with our customers to just understand the impact that we can have on their business, and uh, really understand and make sure that once we get in there, we're driving the outcomes that they they really want to see. And yeah. and uh, I, I think just given our our level of traction in such a short amount of time—it's—we've—we've uh, we've really shown that we can provide them with what, what's needed.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, that's incredible value. So let's um, let's talk about the HBP uh, white paper. Um, so just so our audience knows, the team at Scout RFP recently released an HBP paper about taking it past savings and figuring out how to leverage sourcing for the best business impact. So why don't you tell us how sourcing, procurement, and supply chain management is so critical to enterprise success?
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, and those are three big areas right off the bat, but what it really comes down to is, um, I mean, it's sort of the behind the scenes that that's sort of what's running the, the actual business itself. Uh, with supply chain and sourcing and procurement, it's it's sort of like making sure the trains run on time, making sure everybody shows up correctly. They're literally working every, every day behind the scenes, the back back of the house function uh, that has got a huge impact to making sure everything from when sales and marketing goes out, makes the deliveries, the promises. Like the team behind the scenes, they're the ones actually doing the work. And a lot of the time, the the, the function itself has evolved. And one of the things we talked about in the in the Harvard paper was how much it's evolved from a transactional role where you know a decade ago and plus, where it was very much so issue a po go through the process really quickly um to actually get something just paid to they're actually a trusted partner of the business where you're they're helping you on the negotiations they're helping you on business terms now with infosec and security and so much online capabilities they're looking they're the shepherds of the business they're going out seeing what things we need don't need uh, actually engaging every aspect of it, which is just way different. And they're thinking through the next five, 10 years of the categories. Uh, Cause now you have category managers that are actually thinking through, how should I be positioning? Should I be leveraging X, Y, Z? There's new technology. How do we automate? Uh, they're actually becoming the knowledge experts within the company and looking at it. And fundamentally they're one of the most profitable groups within any organization. Cause there's very few groups and a lot of procurement is not typically the largest group. But when it comes to savings, uh, they offer bottom-line uh, actual impact to, the, to a company's profits, They have the largest ROI. Uh, obviously, if a 10% business, so let's say profit margin, a dollar saved by a procurement team member sourcing individual can have a 10x uh, that would be $10 in revenue equivalent. Uh, so a team of three or four saving a few million dollars a year has a pretty large impact right to the bottom line.
0: Awesome. Well, just so our listeners know, um, you have given us this uh, Harvard paper for exclusive for our listeners. So, for more information, I know a lot of you listen to it in the car and don't have time to do, you know, pen to paper. But if you want more information on it, you can go to our website at twobabestalksupplychain dot com uh, for this free download and to get a little bit more information on what we're talking about today. So then, um, let's get into the key benefits to that strategic sourcing. What are those key key
3: benefits? Yeah, this is this is really where the uh, aspects of competitive advantage come in. So, the, the two big benefits, one, of course, is savings. And so, understanding what the cost drivers are of your suppliers and of your business and making sure that those stay in line with, with what you want. Um, of course, two businesses, one of which has a, a lower cost structure Um, the the one with the lower cost structure is going to have a competitive advantage over their their competitor. So that's that's one side. But then more and more, uh, at least especially with our customers, they're seeing that um, just in terms of working with their suppliers and really collaborating with them as well as collaborating with the business internally on what the business really needs and understanding those and seeing the bring procurement in earlier and working with the suppliers earlier to make sure that by the time it gets to a uh, a an actual sourcing event or, or a sourcing project, uh, you're looking at a project um, that is really aligned with what the business needs, and you're, you're not necessarily just like, we need X by this date, but, but really more into what does the business really need and how can we be a partner to the business and helping them get there. Um, so. So those are those are those are two probably two of the biggest benefits that we've seen. So
1: how can measuring outcomes lead to success?
3: Great question. So this is this is where uh, this is kind of the old adage of if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And but um, as as clear and as easy as that is, I mean that like every, every, like, that, of course, is, is one of those platitudes that is, is easy to throw around, but it's much harder to actually understand what, across an organization, what everybody's working on and how every project, what the actual outcomes are. So the, the biggest thing is, uh, like, looking at across projects, looking at dates. And looking at the amount that, of the like the dollar amounts that you can impact, whether it's the dollar amount of savings or the dollar amount under uh, spend under management, and being able to reprioritize projects based on dollars over time. So a lot of times, uh, if you only measure on on dollars, or if you only measure on on savings, things like that, you're going to be it's a one-dimensional, um, one-dimensional way of looking at the business, uh, if you start to look at across a wider array and, and have a tool where you can have one source of truth and you can look across all of your projects and understand where you, your time could best be spent, um, you can you could really make a bigger impact even if you have a smaller team and what sourcing team isn't strapped for time and resources.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that sort of takes us, you know, into the next question. What roles do internal stakeholders and outside suppliers play with that?
2: Um, yeah, with uh, internal stakeholders, I mean, internal stakeholders are your business partners. They're, in essence, oftentimes the client of of, of the procurement sourcing group. Um, so from from a standpoint with the... Uh, Engaging them in the easiest way possible and keeping them updated is, a, is an enormous task. Because oftentimes we sort of hear the old age, like, well, they brought procurement in at the very end or sourcing, right at the end of the negotiation to get the job done Well, everything's already predetermined. And oftentimes at that point, there's not a whole lot of value you can deliver or generate, um, because a lot of it's already been done without you. So the idea is to, to actually go out and have, your, have, the, have the stakeholders engage early on, so that way you can actually help them and take the things off their plate uh, and really alert them of, of what's actually, what's out in the marketplace, here's the options we can go, uh, if it's contractual terms they could think of, is it different products they could think of, just different things that the sourcing can do all of this, and the stakeholders have to engage them early, and the easiest way to do that is by showing the value of, of what you do, and sometimes procurement has a hard time doing that. Uh, software and other things, like met- as we talked about with met- uh, with uh, metrics, if you start doing that, it becomes very easy to see this. They see the results. They start getting email notifications. They're seeing outcomes actually happen. And once they do that, then you become a trusted partner really quickly. It's definitely a journey. It's not something you'll turn on today and uh, tomorrow will just happen. Uh, it's something that takes a little bit of time, but the impact
3: of doing that is tremendous. Yeah. I, I think you, you hit that right on the headstand uh, when you said trusted partner and that's that's the biggest role that they do play here, both for suppliers and stakeholders. And on the supplier side, the the big value
2: really with with suppliers is you should be treating your – you shouldn't be – you should be spending time with your suppliers, not necessarily from a standpoint of, like, making sure they have every document, making sure they have every question filled out. I mean, this is where tools and automation should help facilitate that. What you should be spending your time with the suppliers is what do you what innovative things are you doing in your business? What products can you help solve our business problems for our stakeholders, for our internal business partners? Spending the actual time versus CEB um, also uh, put out a report that I think 36% of an average stake or of an average uh, procurement sourcing leader's time is spent doing administrative tasks, which is just following up on paperwork, following up on bids like following up with small tax and only 6% of their time on cost drivers for the business. And if they had more time to go out there and actually work with the suppliers to understand and the stakeholders, there's so much value to be unlocked there.
1: So how can sourcing teams make a successful case for investments?
3: There are two major drivers here. The first driver is it's hard saving. And then the second driver is is more organizational efficiency and visibility. On the hard savings case, this one is, is really cut and dry. It's effectively, can you run more projects if you had a tool in place? And two is, with, with certain projects, you, you actually cannot do them without a tool. So whether they're, they're projects with quite a few suppliers or, uh, like, let's say, reverse options, you, you just need a tool in place for that. So. If you if you have if you need a tool and you have any need for a tool, or if you have a team and you're you have a backlog of projects, or you'd be able to run more projects if you had more time, um, then it becomes really a, a case of like if, if I could run X number more projects, this is the amount of savings that I would anticipate getting out of it, and then it's a really easy ROI case. Uh, or if we could run a reverse option, this is the savings that we would anticipate seeing conservatively. Again, really easy ROI case. Uh, like you said earlier in the, in the show, it's, uh, I mean, we've, we've seen areas where they, customers have saved over a course of hours millions of dollars. So it makes a, a really easy case for investment there. And then on the flip side, it's just more on the intangibles. A lot of times when we first go into an organization, the first questions we ask are really what, what's going on across the organization, who's running projects, how many projects are they running, what kind of savings are they using per project, and then, what is your pipeline of projects? So, if we if we had more time, and if we if we were able to streamline things and go even faster, uh, what kind of savings would we see? And a lot of times, you'd be surprised to, to find that uh, organizations that are run on Excel or, or aren't run and with a lot of visibility, the uh, we hear a lot of we're not sure. And that that's really a first place to start. And um, the truth is, it's. You know, a lot of times they, they just know that intuitively that there's a lot more that they could affect uh, if only they could measure things. And that's, like, if, if that's where you are, that's great. That's a great place to start is by putting a, a uh, single source of truth in place where you can go and the entire team could collaborate and you can start measuring projects, outcomes, timelines, and, uh, and start to streamline your, your workflow from there. But you, you, need, you need a platform for your entire team to collaborate on if you're going to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you you talk about sorry. the re- sorry. You talk about the reverse option. Can you explain that to the audience a little bit more?
3: Yeah, gladly. Uh, so, reverse auctions for anybody that's ever bid on anything on eBay or uh, has, has participated in any kind of auction. So it's basically the same thing, except for suppliers compete for your business. So you lay out the the uh, criteria. So whether it be SKUs or, or services or anything like that. And then you bring in suppliers that can meet that criteria, and then uh, you can. You here you have options, and those those suppliers can uh, see each other's prices or not. They can see who else is bidding or not. Uh, they can see if they're the lowest bidder or not, and they will continue to bid until they they win. But basically, in a short amount of time, you can you can you could help suppliers uh, to to like be able to effectively bid on your business very quickly and it's it's great for you because you, you put your suppliers in a very competitive environment and it's great for suppliers because they have the visibility to win your business if they want it and um, a lot of times this is this is where you, you get down to uh, to that low market margin pricing that that is otherwise hard to negotiate down to
0: that's really interesting. That's really interesting. So they use your platform to invite the suppliers into that sort of reverse option, or how does that work exactly? That's exactly right. Okay. That's
3: exactly right. So I'll we'll give you one example, but we this is our reverse option capabilities have been used for everything from laptops to uh, to individual like server components to our other to yeah consulting exactly. But one one. Thing that we we just ran an auction on was hotel room blocks. So one of our customers was running, uh, basically they were they were doing uh, hotel room blocks in one city, and effectively they had two hotel chains, and they were in the same same level of quality. And for them, uh, they conveniently came back with the same pricing on the RFP. And so the the sourcing manager very. Savvy, they put they basically just converted that RP into a reverse auction with one click through Scout and those two hotel room chains uh, the, uh, the the sales managers were competing uh, and, and went back and forth until they one of them won and was uh, and, and and so in a very short amount of time they, they were able to affect quite a bit more savings than uh, what they were seeing before where the hotel room managers were uh, the sales managers were swearing up and down that they could go no lower.
0: Right. So just with one click of a button, you could turn an RFP into this reverse auction and exactly. have them like bring on a few other suppliers and just have them compete on it.
3: We have seen few negotiation tactics as, as quick and as powerful as that.
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, with just one click.
0: That Like that's a game changer
3: we think so too
0: yeah to have that option okay well why don't you tell us um what's next for scout rfp
2: um yeah so we're uh, we're we're in a growth stage as a company we also just uh announced our series b found the funding as well for menlo venture so alex and i have been putting our head down on uh sort of we're growing the team we're about 47 people and, and adding i think we've got open rec from development to sales to operations everything the product the big thing for us right now is it's growing the product. Um, We've got it. We, get, we sort of have the sourcing tool that we've had in place for a while through this auction, which you talked about. So the big thing for us is uh, laying out, uh, in essence, the, this category management application as well as contracts and supplier performance and supplier management sort of to have a full offering so that, uh, as Alex talked about, a platform to collaborate. And we really want to become the sourcing workbench so you can pretty much do anything you need to do to get your job done in Scout with your whole entire business when it comes to working with suppliers on quoting, on, on reviews, on new engagement. we want Scout to become that single source. So for us, we're sort of going through that journey right now where, uh, I mean, we're just a, we're, we've been in the market less than three years uh, and uh, quite a bit of adoption, but still have a long journey to go.
0: Well, congratulations on the Series B. Thank you. Yeah, so you know what? We love your energy. We love what you guys are doing over at Scout RFP. So everybody, make sure you go and check them out at uh, Scout S C O U T dot com and take a look at their platform, their amazing game changing platform, as you've heard, of, as you'd heard as you've heard more of today. Um, and again, we're gonna have that. Uh, HBR paper f- as a free download on our website. So go to twobabestalksupplychain.com. And again, we just want to thank you guys for coming on the show and uh, giving us all the in- insights into RFPs and sourcing and procurement.
2: Yeah, thank you very much there, uh, I would love to even give you guys an update in uh, six months to a year as we sort of progress along on our journey.
0: Awesome. We would love that. We definitely look forward to it. Thanks for having us.
1: Are you looking for short-term storage solutions? you have an empty warehouse space that you need to be filled? Secure Skids is your Airbnb for warehousing, connecting vacant warehouse space with companies that need space. For their products, visit them at SecureSkids.com for more information and to sign up for free. We hope that you learned more about the value of sourcing can bring to the enterprise with Stan and Alex from Scout RFP. Next week, you are going to want to make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss this episode. We are talking to Dallas, VP of operations at fun.com about scaling up your operations for seasonal spikes. We are your hosts, Nick and Sarah. This episode was produced by Mike Mazurik. Thanks for listening, and remember, people, Ship happens.